The sun is out this morning as I return to the trail alone, working my way down the center of New Zealand's North Island. The trail notes tell me it's easy tramping for the coming days, mostly on a river walk. But it's been raining so much, it's more of a hellscape of overgrown grass soaking me to the skin. There are tiny seeds clinging to my pants, slippery mud ascents and descents, and bogs up to my knees. And look here, storm clouds are building. They're huge gray and white puffballs, and beautiful in a certain kind of way. But my mind is totally focused on hard and slow walking. I'm nervous getting back on the trail. I bought way too much food, and the next section requires carrying water, which adds more than two pounds per liter to my pack. What makes me so nervous? The unknown? My abilities? Getting lost or hurt? It's funny. Anticipation builds the fear, but moving focuses the mind. You're listening to The P-Rag, Unfiltered Adventures of the Blissful Hiker. I'm Allison Young, the Blissful Hiker, sometime professional flutist, sometime voice artist, and full-time pedestrian. Like the small backpacking essential of the same name, the P-Rag shares the unglamorous but vital truth about empowerment as badass people who really don't need permission to blaze our own trails in this journey we call life. Thanks so much to Lecky Trekking Poles for supporting the P-Rag podcast. If you want to be a blissful hiker, Lecky should be in your hands. Also, Belega, makers of the best blister-resist, non-slouching, foot-massaging socks for the long haul. I've been walking the Te Araroa and entered a region called the Waikato, named for New Zealand's longest river. The word means flowing water. And for the early Maori inhabitants, this fertile land was a source of nourishment and life. They regarded the Waikato as an ancestor, one of a hundred tanifa, those mythical creatures who live in the deep river pools, every bend a tanifa. I'll walk to its source near Ruapehu in Tongariro National Park, but that's still a few weeks away. And right now, I'm in the thick of it, heading steeply up an overgrown hill to Fanga Marino Redoubt, high above the river. You can see why there was a major battle here, due to the good sight lines. But then it's all doubling back confusion before the TA signs are invariably placed after the turn. I walk under graffitied bridges. A homeless man sleeps in his car next to a rotting possum. I wonder about my sanity walking this trail. My GPS says I'm on the route, but it's heinous and overgrown next to the freeway. Do they even want people hiking in their country, I wonder? It feels like a nightmare of tall weeds and loud traffic. Don't get me wrong, I don't mind hard hiking, but this area is ugly and it's dangerous. Perhaps just one day of weed whacking or a reroute off the central north-south freeway littered with garbage might be a consideration. It's so awful, it's actually insulting. 
I take a deep breath and stop muttering to myself, remembering how much fun I had in Auckland. I pop open my phone as I walk, and I look at the selfies I took with Sarah and Susie at the top of the sky tower. One we're smiling in, the other sticking at our tongues like a haka. I really should be hiking through the Hunua Ranges Regional Park, just north of where I am now, one of high ridgelines, waterfalls, and native forest. But because of storm damage and cowrie dieback, the Ranges Park is closed. The TA Trail has been rerouted through suburbs. So when Susie offered to drive me past this 30-kilometer roadwalk, I quickly agreed, even though I really wanted to walk every single step of the Tiararoa. I guess it's not just fear, nervousness, and irritation I'm managing this morning. It's also ambivalence. And then, just like that, the trail turns into the countryside with fantastic signage. I struggle to open a gate, and then I give myself a shock. Damn it! No touching the fences. They're electrified. I keep track of a farmhouse just in case I'm hit by this storm building in front of me. And right on cue, it begins to thunder. I see a minefield of electric fences, one after another along my path. Some are so high, I throw my pack over and try not to roll in sheep poo while shimmying under. Some are too low, so I straddle them very carefully, missing the skin and not touching with my sticks. Finally past most of them, at a sprawling tree, I make a wrap with meat and cheese, sitting against the trunk to keep my pack out of the cow pies. The trail is quiet next to the Waikato River. A few raindrops hit me, but it's mostly birds and sunshine now. A Polish couple arrives just as I finish, so I share a ginger candy and give them the tree. The trail leaves cows and heads right to the grassy riverbank, making me think of the cult film Night of the Hunter when the children escape Robert Mitchum down the Ohio River. It's back to uneven, muddy walking, yellow irises above my head, centimeters from another shock as I follow the fence line. But the puffy cumulus sail by without letting go of their wet cargo, as tiny lizards scurry out of the way from my footfall. A grassy area opens up, and I walk without needing to look down at my feet. And suddenly, it's sublime. I'm now walking through the New Zealand Game Bird Habitat Trust Wetland Project. Bulky willows kiss the water's edge. A shady cottonwood crackles with the breeze. It's still a long way, but it's easy on an empty road. An entire avenue now of cottonwoods wave in the breeze, seeming to cheer me on. In no time, I'm in Rangariri, with people I haven't met yet, Dutch and Swiss, sitting around an octagonal picnic table at the local pub. The trail notes are a bit off in that there is no camping at the pub. Another option is Kathy's Pie Shop, but it's closed. The solo Dutch tramper named Vera hands me her phone, I guess assuming my English is better, and maybe that I can talk our way into camping somewhere. So I call Kathy and she answers on the first ring. And it works. 
She invites us to set up on her lawn and will have pies ready for us for breakfast in the morning. The two Polish trampers join us and we're an army of tents and drying clothes on the line. My dinner choice is a total disaster. The vermicelli feels like nylon twine and the spices are extremely hot. We share a laugh about it and commiserate on the frustrations of today. And I'm surprised in that moment and delighted to be normal. The entire sky is pink and I put on my orange puffy as it gets chilly. And just then Kathy comes by to say hello and offers me a glass of wine. You're listening to The P-Rag, Unfiltered Adventures of the Blissful Hiker. Through sharing my stories of walking long-distance trails as a solo, middle-aged female hiker, I hope I can empower you to learn to hike your own hike, too. If you're enjoying the storytelling, consider subscribing to The P-Rag wherever you get your podcasts. And if you listen on Apple, take the time to leave a review that really helps others find the podcast. Recently, I had the opportunity to field test a P-Rag. It's called Kula Cloth. This technical and essential bit of gear is non-toxic, non-sensitizing, and non-irritating. And it's designed for us ladies who squat when we go. I gave Kula Cloth my highest rating of five Anitas. And I'll be using one on every single hike from here on out. You can read my review at the website, find out more about how to get your own Kula Cloth P-Rag. I'll put a link in the show notes. I just see a lot of people walking to something and a lot of people walking away. And they give up their apartments and they shut their life down and they close their bank accounts and they, they, they step out of their whole situation and, and put it all on the walk. I slept really well behind Kathy's pie shop in Rangariri, even though we shared nearly an entire bottle of Chardonnay. She's an interesting woman, a well-off Kiwi who lost most of her wealth, but found her own trail after leaving a cheating husband and buying up rental property. And she's fascinated by us trail walkers, Ones she describes as looking for answers as we walk day by day. Relationships can't cope with a breakup, can't cope with families that can't cope with death. Mm. This happened, so they walk. What is it I'm seeking? Well, I tell her mostly I feel nervous about the future and ambivalence about walking every single step. Kathy has this way of making me feel like everything is going to be okay. And like Dorothy, the answers are probably already inside me. The morning is cool, the fog lifting on the Waikato River. It's not surprising that rain is forecasted in this, the wettest region of the North Island. Irene told me to prepare myself for the upcoming forests, which make the Ratea look like a walk in the park. Right now it's easy. The trail is roadwalk all the way to Huntley. I suppose I could walk in the fields, but it would be wet and bumpy. Just then, the two Swiss boys catch up to me and pull me off the road into the wet grass and the proper trail. And I'm surprised. It's bliss for the feet. I whistle a little bit of the St. Paul Suite by Gustav Holst, 
and one of the boys joins in. The other stays silent, wearing a Vikings cap, and tells me he likes the idea of football. <laughs> we walk fast through the fields, and just like that, they stop, telling me it's 9 a.m. It's time for a pausa, a mid-morning pause, even though we've only gone about three kilometers. Well, I don't really need a pausa this early in the morning, so I head on, and one of them tells me, the Te Aradoa is not for fun. It's for the character. Ahead is beautiful grass and loads of camping under huge magnolia trees. I'm really beginning to think like a thru-hiker. Well, no camping is allowed here. This is a golf course. Beyond it are mountains, frothy cotton candy clouds pasted to the summits. Before them, the massive twin towers of Huntley's power station. I told Kathy last night that the first month of this tramp pulled out all the emotions in me, the old gunk of the past that I needed to deal with. It feels now, after some of the dark corners have been scoured of their cobwebs, as if this second month is about discovering who I am and deciphering what exactly I'd like to bring into my space. On the edge of town, I stop at a dairy or convenience store to purchase a jolly soda. Mmm, tastes just like a jolly rancher. Maybe I'll take another for the road. Huntley is busy with trucks hauling two separate quarry cargoes. Houses press in right up on the main drag. Wild roses, junked cars, and lawn ornaments commingling. Two friendly Kiwis stop to talk with me. Everyone I shared camp with last night plans to cross the Tainui Bridge, a seven-span bowstring arch over the Waikato River, and buy some real food. But I'm finding my stride and feeling the nerves, the fear, even the ambivalence beginning to wane. And I have that feeling again that once I move, I care less about the unknown. I seem to reside in the present moment when I'm walking and allow the future to take care of itself. If I keep following this sidewalk, which soon turns into road, the future will include entering the Hakarimata Reserve. (laughs) It's easy at first, upstairs into the bush, and I stop for lunch at a giant 1,000-year-old cowrie that somehow escaped the axe. From the signs, I learn only redwoods have trunks this massive, that this tree is as old as the dinosaurs, and its resin was prized for making jewelry, right as I back into it for a little resin sample on my shirt. About 20 raindrops hit me. Well, if the weatherman says 60% chance of rain, did that count? A lone giant rimu peeks out from the cowrie grove, gnarly and shaggy, taller and more slender. Captain Cook made beer from the Rimu's bitter gum. At the first lookout, looking towards the river valley and rain in the distance, I leave the easy track behind for steeper-than-you-can-believe ups and downs over roots and mud. While I work my way through here, I think of my friend Brenda when we hiked the border route, wishing for a hundred feet of joy. But now I'm a professional 
and I move fast. And it's a wonderful feeling. It's almost out of body. My mind totally focused, but my legs and arms floating over obstacles, like someone else is pulling the strings to make me move. I lose the GPS briefly, likely due to the thick tree canopy and heavy clouds. Though there is only one path, and I guess where I am is here. It's more up and down on thick roots through the bush to a second lookout, and finally a sort of wide grassy spot where I pick up the GPS signal again. I can see now it's not far at all to the summit and its lookout tower, maybe an hour. But I decide "Mm, I've gone far enough for today, and I'm going to camp right here. Writer Judy Bloom said, Each of us must confront our own fears, must come face to face with them. How we handle our fears will determine where we go with the rest of our lives. To experience adventure or to be limited by the fear of it. Yesterday, I cursed the boggy trail and then cried after getting shocked by the multitude of electric fences. Kathy, the Swiss boys, and the camaraderie of our tent city, in such contrast to sleeping here all by myself, gives me strength and courage to press on and be curious rather than anxious. Today I learned that grass walking is more fun than road walking, that eating an entire bag of candy per day on a through hike is the normal thing to do, that falling in the mud is not a sign of weakness, and that every single step I take takes me to something new. Maybe when everything is an absolute bliss, that's okay, because it won't last. I was afraid starting this next section, but it turns out I had it in me to figure things out and deal with the less pleasant portions of the trail. And as I sit on my mat looking out on fields and hills, a few tree ferns framing the view, the sky turns orange-pink, the clouds a deep lilac, and a moorpork sings me to sleep. Thanks so much to Lecky Trekking Poles and Belega Socks for supporting the P-Rag podcast. You can subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts, and also take the time to write a review at Apple. That really helps others find the P-Rag. Show notes, links to gear reviews, and more about my hikes all over the world are at theprag.com. Next week, I walk over the Hakarimadas to Hamilton and visit Irene before heading to some of the hardest hiking yet over Mount Parangia. Until then, my friends, happy trails. <laughs>